Well, the first trading day for grain in 2023 was a sell-off, and not a small one. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today's podcast for this Wednesday morning, the 4th of January, 2023. Thanks for joining us. I've got the latest Indiana farm news, weather, and market analysis, all brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. They've been proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Learn more at ffbt.com. Andy Eubank spoke with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist with StoneX, on why we saw the big sell-off and soybeans lead the way lower on Tuesday, the first day of grain trade in 2023. Ryan Martin is here with the Indiana Farm Forecast, maybe dry today after some wet days. And we've got news on the way next with C.J. Miller here on Hat. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. How agribility is helping disabled Hoosiers regain their independence on the farm and making the best seed decisions for spring planting. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Act Today. Well, farming has one of the highest disabling injury rates of any industry. That's why for more than 30 years, Purdue Extension has a program available for Indiana farmers who have been disabled to help get them back to doing what they love. Our purpose is to help farmers with disabilities stay farming or return to farming. And that's Stephen Swain with Indiana Agribility, which is part of Purdue Extension. He says he and members of his team will travel to someone's farm after they've been seriously injured so they can put together a plan to help those continue to farm and provide for their families. We sit down at the kitchen table with them and figure out how we can help them overcome those disabilities, those limitations, all the way from a spinal cord injury, arthritis, back problems, amputations, whatever there is. Swain believes he's helped nearly 600 Hoosiers over the past 21 years not only get back to work, but regain a sense of purpose after going through a horrific farm accident or a serious medical issue, such as a stroke or a spinal cord injury. I got a list 10 mile long of farmers where their mental state is, I'm done, there's no way I can continue, and I will sit down with them, even in a rehab hospital, and we start looking at things in the toolbox. We show them a lift. They see that, and you see the light switch go on to where it isn't me providing the ideas. They're figuring it out. I can do this. They continue to farm. Swain also says he's known of many farmers who became disabled, but were inspired by agribility and the resources available to create and build their own tools needed to continue to work on their farms. Well, I had one that had an arm amputation. He saw our display at the Indiana State Fair, never talked to us saw ways to go ahead and farm and two three years later the master farmers tour stopped at his place and he asked us to do a display there we're trying to figure out what's our connection 
he used the resources and he wanted others to get that information. I don't know how many of those we've got, but I know that happens. If you would like more information about AgriBility and how they help farmers with disabilities, visit agribility.org. You can also find that link at HoosierAgToday.com. Well, there is plenty of data and technology out there to help you make your seed decisions. Having an expert that can help compile the data and best utilize the technology is the game changer. Eric Pfeiffer has more. At Dynagro, we as sellers have a lot of tools at our disposal. And that's Mike Hacker, a seed specialist with Dynagro Seed from Nutrient Ag Solutions. The biggest one and most valuable to the farmers is being on the farm monitoring the crop throughout the growing season, along with yield data collected and test plot results from local areas. Those tools and our knowledge will help the farmer make the best seed buying decision for next year. Hacker says if you're looking for more bang for your buck in 2023, that data can be put together with Nutrient Ag Solutions' Echelon platform, a web-based tool that Dynagro seed reps are using to help bring all your data into a multi-layered place to make the right decisions every step of the growing season. A farmer can use our Echelon platform, which will tie all of the results from seeding variable rates seeding by soil types, nitrogen variability rates, and yield data layered together to understand if his decisions were solid and profitable for the upcoming season. Hacker encourages you to reach out to your local Nutrient Ag Solutions representative to learn more. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. And I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. So, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. <laughs> I think you meant to say that's fertilizer, right? Staying on topic, Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We're setting up here for a mostly dry Wednesday. Now, when I say mostly dry, remember, we just came out of a pretty soggy setup over the course of the past 24 hours, and we are dry slotting here today. The frontal boundary is through. Cold air hasn't really taken full control yet. You've got this core of dry air wrapping into the center of low pressure. That's what we're under today. So I'm not going to rule out a renegade or lingering shower, particularly in eastern and southeastern parts of Indiana early on. But otherwise, today I think is mostly precipitation free. Temperatures are going to be falling through the day as colder air slowly pushes in, but it doesn't give a lot of precipitation. Tomorrow, plenty of clouds around. I think we have to leave the door open for sloppy wet snowflakes, particularly over the northern half of Indiana. Nothing of significance. I'm not concerned about accumulations at all. Just wet snowflakes around. And then as we go into and through your Friday, I think we see drier air prevail and we may even see better sunshine potential potential for Friday. Don't get used to it because as we move through the weekend, Saturday have another minor disturbance trying to come through. Moisture, anywhere from a few hundreds to probably three or four tenths of liquid equivalent, and I think there's the potential for it to be rain down near the Ohio River, but the farther north you go, sloppy wet snowflakes that may give us a coating to an inch or two of this super wet snow. It's gone relatively quickly by sunset or shortly thereafter on Saturday night, and then Sunday we see high pressure come in out of Canada. That high 
high pressure dominates all the way through the balance of the weekend and through the first half of next week. Even when it uh, dissipates, we still see dry weather prevail on through Thursday and Friday. So I think we're looking at a nice week-long dry stretch starting Sunday and going through at least next Friday or Saturday. And honestly, looking out west, there's not a lot of large-scale frontal complexes that could turn the tables and go super wet either. So I think we're going to be looking at this first half of January here in 2023, mostly on the dry side. The moisture that we're seeing right now or just got done with right now is going to be probably the biggest event we see from now through the 15th. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Risk off and a sell off in the ag markets and elsewhere. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. Brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. We did have a sell-off. We have numbers from that coming up. But first, market analysis. And for that, I turn to Arlen Suderman, StoneX, at the end of Tuesday Trade. Arlen, the grain and oil seed markets, meat markets as well, down looks like with a very strong dollar index that it was a general commodity sell-off or at least approaching that as we start trade for the first time in the year. Yeah, that was a kind of a combination of a risk-off across the board with the equities down as well. They opened a little higher and quickly turned lower. And and then the strong dollar putting pressure on the uh, commodities as well. Food and energy commodities probably took the biggest hit. Um, and a lot of it's also related to concerns about demand going forward. It seemed like in the last few weeks of December, they wanted to focus on how quickly China was going to open up. Um, and now to start January, they're focusing on, yeah, but in the meantime, they've got a lot of problems as they battle COVID and it's really sluggish. And so it comes down to what the money managers want to focus on to justify their portfolio. And frankly, these first couple of weeks of uh, January are all about rebalancing portfolios and and uh, so it's going to take probably that January 12th set of USDA crop reports and beyond to start getting a real sense of the direction the markets want to go as we go through the rest of the winter. So the sell-off itself, how severe was it? Let's start with soybeans down 30 cents or so. Yeah, it's a pretty significant loss overall. Now, how much damage has it done to charts? Well, as far up as we had come, it had some room for a correction. It was getting up near overbought territory. Um, but it's probably also the market that even though, you know, even last week and the week before I was commenting here on this show that I was concerned whether we could sustain this move. And I was really concerned about once we get into January, whether we'd be able to hold these gains. And that's because we're starting to pick up momentum with the harvest in, in Brazil. And even though we've got a drought going in Argentina, Brazil's harvesting a big crop. And the farmers there know it's a big crop. And they're looking at current prices that were up above $15. And they're thinking, this is a great opportunity. So it's a lot of incentive for them to sell off the combine. And I think for the soybean market, that's one of the things we're going to have to be battling in the days ahead is that farmer selling out of Brazil. Talk about the, the calendar and that farmer selling. You know, when does it really start to heat up and how long will that last? Yeah, the, the generally we anticipate, well, we've started harvesting about two weeks ago, but that would be like starting to harvest in the far south delta in August of soybeans. Um, and then 
now that we're in January, we're picking up a little bit of momentum. And so the expectation is that there will be about a million metric tons of soybeans available to exporters in the month of January. I, I personally think it'll be a little bit higher than that. Um, but that compares to an overall crop that is expected to top 153 million metric tons. The bulk of that is going to come in and be harvested in the month of February. That'll be the most active. But we'll see quite a bit of harvest um, going on um, during the month of January as it slowly picks up speed and uh, starts to flow to the ports. Okay. Arlen, corn down about a dime and over a dime down in the wheat futures markets. And your thoughts on how far we dropped those markets. Here again, we probably didn't do a lot of damage, but it certainly doesn't help the bullish cause in the corn market. I think corn is largely a victim right now of uh, wheat and soybeans dropping so sharply today. Uh, not that I'm overly bullish on the corn market, but it does have some fairly tight global supplies. And until we see how the safrina crop's gonna come out of Brazil, corn has a reason to kind of hang on to some price risk premium. Over on the wheat market, big sell-off there, pretty significant as a percentage. It was our biggest loser today. Uh, and, and that's basically because we'd gone up for several weeks here without anything really fundamentally to support it. Uh, sustaining a rally, I think we're fairly well priced overall right now. Uh, maybe we're we're creating a broad sideways trading range. This is a market we uh, range we may trade in for a while, but sustaining a rally was probably going to be difficult to do in the near term. And we start the year off with a pretty significant sell-off in the protein sectors as well. We certainly did, and. Um, when you look at the cash cattle market last week, it was a, steady, a dollar or two higher once again. And so we continue to see those tight supplies. We also lost a lot of weight from cattle in the northern feedlot district with the wet, bad weather we had uh, just ahead of Christmas. Uh, the cattle were weighing in 50 to 120 pounds lighter than what was anticipated. So we lost some production there, and that provides some underlying support. But with the strong dollar today and the general risk-off sentiment that we saw across the board, the protein sector gave way to that selling as well. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX and StoneX.com. On the Hat Market Review, the Tuesday settlements, eight cents down, March corn, it settled at 6.70 and a half, and May, 6.70 and a quarter, losing seven and three quarters. Down 32 cents on January beans, 14.87 and a quarter. March contract dips to 14.92 and a quarter, off 31 and three quarters. And Chicago wheat, was weak also. March, 7.75 and a half, down 16 and a half cents. It was lower in the meat markets. February live cattle, 156.85, a dollar and a nickel down. And Febline hogs, 85.07, settling off 2.62. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.